We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to the Kingdom Bar and Grill out in Overland Park, Kansas. We're at 127th in Antioch, and we are on the KCSN Live postgame show. We appreciate all of you for joining us. Break down the Chiefs' 28-24 victory over the Denver Broncos. There is no doubt we are going to burn this tape immediately, <laughs> Kent, but they got through it. Hopefully none of the injuries are that serious. We will have those updates for you shortly. Tucker Franklin is going to join us here in a little bit and have some of those updates. Marlia couldn't make it tonight. Kent, you were not having fun watching this game. I'm just going to throw this out. You were not enjoying this at all as of much of Chiefs Kingdom where I was like, just get through it, get the win, don't get hurt. I had about as much energy as, I don't know, the run defense for most of the game. <laughs> like this, I just, you know, I, I was a little numb to this game and I could feel it for the entirety of the 60 minutes and then it became, you know, kind of close to reality that this, the Chiefs could actually lose the game. <laughs> and they yeah. finally, they pulled it out late, which was great, but like, I mean, there's just, yeah, set this tape on fire. This was, this yeah. was awful. Yeah, and we'll we'll go to Craig Stout here in a little bit with his key observations from the game. We'll also go to Maddie Lane a little bit later to get his takeaways and everything that we are going to have um, that we're going to be talking about all week. And we appreciate everybody, whether you're watching on the 101 The Fox Facebook group, or excuse me, Facebook page, the KCSN YouTube page, our the Twitch channel, uh, or everybody watching on Twitter. <laughs> or everybody who's listening on Apple or Spotify after the fact. We appreciate your support. Please go ahead and give us that subscribe or that follow, and we will continue to pound out great content. We're going to tease some of the stuff that we have going on at KC Sports Network here uh, later in the show. But you know, I want to get your first takeaways before we bring on Craig Stout. We might have a special guest join us here in a little bit as well. Uh, but initial takeaways, you always want to start with Patrick Mahomes. What are your initial takeaways from Patrick Mahomes today? I think he did great. Um, I think he had a really good performance. You know. There, there wasn't a ton of – it didn't really feel like there was a lot of energy on the offensive side of the football. I mean, you even saw Travis Kelsey when he scored his touchdown early in the game. Uh, he he didn't seem too enthusiastic about what they were doing. But Mahomes was, I think, consistently strong, really good um, ball placement for the majority of the game. There was some mix-ups at times with some of the receivers that probably made the performance you know, look a little bit you know, worse at times. But I don't really put those on Mahomes as much as I put on the receivers. So I thought he had a really strong performance. It's nice to see him putting one together, really moving on uh, from, from last week. And I think he was, I think, you know, I think he kind of, he kind of set the tone 
for the offensive side of the football enough to put 28 points on the board and ice the game out at the end too. Yeah, I finished 27 of 44 for 270 yards and a couple of touchdowns and then led the Chiefs on the ground with nine carries for 54 yards. Wow. Uh, just, Yikes. Man, I, <laughs> I know he had some big runs. I didn't realize he was going to have uh, basically twice as many yards as anyone else outside of Derek Gore, finished with seven for 30. But, well, that's what happens um, when you're running, you're starting running back uh, leaves in the first half. So at yeah. the end of the first half, there's – And we're going to talk about we, it we got later. got plenty to go there. I want to talk about Jarek McKinnon. Um, go for it. I – we're going to talk about later in the show because I want to bring Craig on here to get his thoughts on the defense, particularly the game-changing play. And I'm not going to say that I caused this, uh, Kent, but put out on Twitter, like, just get through it with no injuries, which eh, we'll see. But just, you just need one big game-changing defensive play. Sneak through this, get out of it. Hopefully Kelsey's not that injured, it sounds like, on the broadcast. They reported that he gave the thumbs up, uh, that head athletic trainer, vice president of Chiefs Sports Performance, Rick Burkholder. Um, hopefully it's not too serious. Hopefully it gives some kind of update. Same thing with Daryl Williams, Tyreek, a lot of guys. Maybe the benefit now of the game getting moved from Sunday to Saturday is there's an extra day before the playoff game. You, you would have been a better benefit having the bye. <laughs> this guy. This go guy. Texans. Let's, let's go. In, let's bring in Craig. Maybe <laughs> Craig will be in a better mood than Kent is and has been for like the last second half. <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? It's uh it's been good. It's been good to watch the defense step up in a big moment, just like we all expected them to do after watching them get run over for the entirety of the game up to that point. But it was it was really good to see them step up. Yeah, that was uh, that was a game that pl- was played today. That's all I've yeah. got to say about that. Um, okay, uh, I think the story, one of the big storylines of the game, could be Patrick in the Jets, mm-hmm. Jet McKinnon, McCole Jet Hardman, and Mahomes. I think all kind of carried. The Chiefs to that victory offensively today, Craig. Yeah, uh, you saw uh, this was by far the best game that McCall Hardman has played as a Chief. Uh, he was still used in some of the similar ways that we've seen them used in this offense. But I mean, that's how they're using Tyreek Hill right now, too. So that's not necessarily a knock on him. His ability to convert it, you know, he had a big explosive play there at the end of the game, but he was just inches away from a couple more as well. He gave the Broncos a lot of problems. And then the other jet stepping in after Daryl Williams gets dinged up and, you know, you got Derek Gore that you're rotating in. He gave him a little juice in the passing game and just was kind of finishing some runs a little bit too. So it was good to see those two guys. But I mean, the 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 guy was Patrick once again, like on a day that you know it didn't seem like there was a whole lot going right. He extended a whole bunch of plays by you know uh, with his legs. He was able to create extra yardage by moving the pocket a little bit, keeping his eyes downfield. He was good. Like I, I think watching this offense, there's going to be a lot of takeaways. That's uh oh, look what's happening in the playoffs for an offense that just lost Tyree Kill on the conditions that they were playing in. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes was actually still pretty good on the day. Oh, I thought so too. It was, uh, but it was all Patty and the Jets. All right, uh, let's talk about the defense here because the run defense was really bad uh, for the majority of the game. Some explosive runs uh, yeah. that they, you know, they've, they've done a good job reducing the explosive plays run in pass last week explosive pass plays this week explosive run plays all right i was the effort good for the majority of the game with the run defense it kind of looked like a pro bowl game to me for the most part i'm going to be honest with you craig I mean, a little bit. Um, obviously, I'm going to move aside Melvin Ingram. I'm going to take him and shove him to a different box here. But 
it did kind of seem like it was a little bit half speed protecting themselves, not wanting to get hurt. Once again, conditions were not great. So, I mean, uh, it's understandable a little bit that they are trying to make sure that they are healthy for the playoffs. You don't want to get hurt going into the playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, they struggled to tackle. They struggled to fill. They struggled to work off of each other and play fast. And when you're going up against guys like Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, they'll make you pay for that. Like, they are good you know, they're good at forcing missed tackles when you are playing fast. When you're playing slow, it's even more dangerous. You know, the Chiefs missed a ton of tackles against this Broncos team the last time that they played. This was even worse. You know, it just really didn't feel like they were getting to the spot with any sort of intensity or any sort of force outside of that Melvin Ingram play. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, let, let's talk about that. My man, that Please was about do. the third time that he was able to slip underneath a a block really wrecked the scheme. Uh, He was in the backfield for a lot of the day and it was a good run blitz that Nick threw on as well. So kudos to him for being right there at the point when Melvin Ingram forces that fumble, but he, his intensity, you couldn't question it. It was there all game long. And in the biggest moment, you know, this chief's team, was about to go down eight yeah. points. Yeah, that uh, they were up against it. Maybe, maybe up, nine. Maybe they maybe go for nine. two. That, that might maybe have been a way did. to steal a possession there late. Absolutely, absolutely. They could have stole a possession there late, and then that would have just been yep. bad news. It really yep. would have been bad news. But Melvin Ingram stepping up, making a monster play. Nick Bolton being right there to scoop it up and score. I, it was good to see the defense who had kind of been beat up because Drew Locke prior to kind of the end of the game there, had not had anything going in the passing game. He was missing guys. So it was fully the run game that was killing them. So for a play to be made in the run game and for that sort of outcome to happen, it was just, it was good. It's confidence building. You want to see something like that. So, hey, kudos to the defense stepping up in a big moment. One of my favorite tweets, Craig, from this game came from Sam McDowell, the Kansas City Star, asking, if Denver and Mile High Stadium had a Shakira concert uh, <laughs> on it last night because of the way that the field was playing, it's bad when everyone's saying the same thing on a heated field in Denver in that kind of situation. And like that, those things can't happen. Yeah, they can't happen at all. Like you could tell guys weren't getting in and out of their breaks as quickly that weren't really wanting to cut as hard and it, it there was so much slipping and things like that that were occurring it was it was bad that field was awful obviously Tyree Kill gets hurt in pregame gets a heel injury and he is limited throughout the day they brought him in for a fourth down play that you know running the same old thing the Chad Henney special you know but they'd run it several times this year but a good job executing that and then getting him off the field travis kelsey getting a little bit banged up at the end of the game this is the type of field that you don't want to be playing on when you don't really have a whole lot to play for and you also are trying to protect guys into the playoffs like it was every single cut i was holding my breath a little bit offense and defense i just you don't want to see anybody go down you know have some sort of catastrophic injury this late in the year i think they largely got out okay. It remains to be seen with you know Tyree Kill with Daryl Williams, but it was it was very good to see them get out in a field that was just not not good, not good at all. So uh, you know, awesome 
to get through that game, get through it with a win, and not have a serious injury. I'm just so glad that this game is in the rearview mirror. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Craig, you know, oh, go. You know, I just had a thought, and if I'm wrong, please tell me because this is very fluid in the moment. We criticized Steve Spagnolo so much for his aggressiveness on third and 27 for what it did last week against the Bengals. Mm -hmm. Did the aggressiveness in the red zone to send Nick Bolton to give the game-changing play that win the game, did that help win the game for the Chiefs tonight? I mean, yeah, they they were definitely run blitzing throughout the day. It, it was, those were their most effective plays. It also led to a 47-yard touchdown from Melvin Gordon as well. So it did bite him kind of in the ass a little bit on one of those plays. But that's when they've been at their best in the run game. You wanted to, at that point, when they gave up the 47-yarder, you wanted to force Drew Locke to throw the ball because to that point, he was struggling to get anything going downfield. That was when the Chiefs defense was at their best, when the Broncos were having to pass. Now, obviously, that changed a little bit at the end of the game. But, yeah, no, kudos to Steve Spagnuolo for dialing up that run blitz. Kudos to Melvin Ingram for dipping under that tackle and just being in the backfield. But Jadavian Clowney-esque, you know, at the at the point where the running back caught the ball there, got the ball there. So, yeah, you do have to tip your hat to Steve Spagnuolo for calling that, having that there. You know, if they scoop that up, that might be a field goal. They might live to fight another day. That might be a touchdown. You know, who knows what happens. Instead, it's complete momentum swing a complete change in the outcome of this game. Craig, you finished the regular season strong, and I want to thank you for that. An outstanding uh, hit here on the KCSN live post-game show. We will talk to you Monday, because we're playing on Saturday. I almost said tomorrow. 6.30 p.m. Central Time, KC Laboratory, live on the KCSN YouTube channel, Twitter, all that good stuff. Buddy, enjoy your weekend. I will. Go Texans, baby. Go Texans. Yeah, Texans, uh, Titans at noon tomorrow. And KC Sports Network, for everybody listening, we will have another show Sunday night to talk about playoffs, talk about what the situation is for the Chiefs going into first round of the playoffs, which maybe they're playing, maybe they're not. Depends what David Coley's got <laughs> up his sleeve. And what we need to see is a lot of leadership from David Coley. You know who else shows a lot of leadership? Tucker. Fairway Independent Mortgage. Fairway Independent Mortgage makes the home loan process as simple as possible by guiding you through every step, just as they've done for the past 25 years. Call Jennifer Dixon at 816-390-8898. That's 816-390-8898. A great, great rates, a focus on customer service, and the fastest turn times in the industry. That is Fairway Independent Mortgage. I wish everybody looking out could have seen how scared Tucker's face okay, was thinking was. I was going to him. And instead, we're going to go to him right now because I do want to throw a little teaser out there. I talked about it earlier, but I had a chance yesterday to go up to Holiday Distillery in Western Missouri. If you haven't been up there, go take the tour. It is an absolutely beautiful place, about 30, 35 minutes outside of Kansas City. But I was able to go up there and talk with Bob Kendrick and Kiana Sinks of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, not only about the mint coins that they had coming out, honoring the Negro Leagues, supporting the museum, but talking about Buck O'Neill and everything that he has meant to Kansas City with his enshrinement into the uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame later this summer. They've got a lot of really cool stuff going on. So I want to throw this teaser real quick, and then I would invite anybody to go follow our, um, subscribe to our Apple channels, go to our YouTube channel where you're watching this, wherever you're at. Uh, and follow and listen to this this interview. It's one of the favorite interviews I've done in a really long time. So here's a quick uh, snippet of that interview. There was nothing self-serving about Buck at all. This was about his museum. His Hall of Fame induction was about how could it impact his museum. 
in a way that will make it financially stable. And, and we have to now do that 15 years later. That's the big task at hand. We can kind of exhale now that it has finally at long last happened. Buck O'Neill is taking his rightful place amongst the immortals of our game where he absolutely deserves to be. But the real pressure now comes in how do we parlay this opportunity into financial success for his museum? Because that is the best way to continue to perpetuate Buck O'Neill's legacy. That's what he wanted. He wanted people to support his museum And now it's really incumbent upon us to figure out how to do this. So we absolutely have to maximize what is truthfully a once in a lifetime opportunity. Again, that was our interview uh, with Bob Kendrick and Keanu Sinks of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. I'd invite everyone to go and take a look at that. Uh, Let's get back in and talk a little bit more about the Chiefs 28-24 win over the Denver Broncos. They are going into the playoffs next week. We don't yet know what the Chiefs playoff scenario looks like for next week. They may have a bye. Uh, They may be the two seed. Um, We will see what that plays out. Like I said, we will have another podcast for you guys. The story of this game, I I had talked about it all week. I did a a hit with uh, one-on-one the Fox pregame with Kendall Gammon and Sparks up there. And it said that one of the most motivated players going to this game was going to be Drew Locke. Mm. For everything that everyone had to play for, Drew had a lot to play for in this game. And throwing the football, made a couple really nice throws, but really, really got the damage done was with his legs. Yeah, the Chiefs really didn't have a great answer or great execution for Drew Locke and his legs. And he did a really good job early in the, really the first half, uh, extending drives, scoring. Putting the ball in the end zone using his leg, he had two rushing touchdowns today. And, you know, it, it was some schematic breakdowns from the Chiefs. Uh, some probably not accounting for his legs well enough, honestly, in this game. And he really did make them pay in some crucial situations, kind of made this game closer uh, in the first half. And I mean, that's why the part, the reason that the Chiefs were trailing, a lot of it had to do with Drew Locke's edu- ex- execution in yeah. special situations and on the third down. Yeah, we saw both quarterbacks. I mean, we talked about it earlier that Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. led the Chiefs yeah. on the ground and rushing. And it ended up being the story in the game for both teams. And we've seen it before with Patrick Mahomes, especially in Denver, that he's made them pay with their legs in some crucial situations. So um, something the Chiefs are going to have to figure out. It was interesting to see how Drew played in that kind of way. And then the Broncos have some decisions to make this offseason. I would be absolutely shocked if Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson doesn't end up being the quarterback Mm. of the Denver Broncos. I think they're going to make a huge move. I think that was a lot of what they did. That'll be more that we can talk about in the offseason. But right now, I want to flip to the other side and talk a little bit about the Chiefs offense in our Big Cedar Golf uh, best drive of the game. And we went back and forth because it's always the first one we know is going to be good. They went 17 plays, 91 yards. But that last drive to seal the to seal the win, leading 28-24, that four-minute drive that Kirk Herbstreet was talking about. I don't think Kirk Herbstreet gets enough credit. I think he's a great I love player. it. I love I it. Think I, think he's, he's, I think he does a great him, job. Kevin Harlan, two of the best. Uh, but anyway, Big Cedar Golf, best drive of the game. It's got to be that one. And before I have you break it down, let's take a look at what makes Big Cedar Golf such a special place here in the Midwest. All right, last drive to seal the win. Huge play to McCole Hardman. And then they went to Old Faithful when they needed to to, to seal it out with the third down. Yeah, and uh, I want to thank Vic Fangio for kicking the field goal on yeah, fourth and nine true. to give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense to close the game. Four minutes, 37 seconds left. The Chiefs milk the remainder of the clock, and it's fueled largely in part by a bubble screen to McCole Hartman, like you mentioned, a very big explosive play, kind of the capstone for a really nice performance from him heading into the playoffs. Puts the Chiefs really in kind of striking distance of a field goal, really. Did you say it was a positive short game? 
Yes. Why, yes, I would. The short game was excellent for the Chiefs today. Honestly, the entirety of the game. But that was a big play. Kind of changed and flipped the field and put the Chiefs in a really good situation to close that game out. And then, what, third and, third and, third and eight, after a penalty, go find Travis Kelsey working across the field. He does get hurt because, of course, uh, and hopefully it's nothing that's going to linger too far. But an outstanding way to close that football game. And, and Mahomes, honestly, I think he had a really strong performance end to end. Yeah, he made the plays that you need him to make. Uh, you talk about you know, just get through it. Like, you know, it's not going to be pretty. They're not going to watch the film of this game. Like, there's Probably, no point yeah. to watching film of this game. Whatever they're watching on the bus, it's going to, or the plane on the way back, it's going to be one of the opponents they may be facing next week. But um. we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But yeah, that was the Big Cedar Golf best drive of the game. And Big Cedar Lodge is quickly becoming known as America's next great golf destination. With some of the best designed courses in the country nestled down in the Ozarks, it's exactly what you need when you know you need it. Ozark National, Big Cedar, Paynes Valley, Buffalo Ridge, Top of the Rock. That is everything down there. BigCedar.com. Plan your trip now. And before we bring on Matty Lane to get his thoughts on this one, let's take a quick break real quick and go to our show you a little teaser of our Border War podcast, which is our Kansas basketball, Mizzou basketball podcast hosted by former guards Jared Sutton and Jeff Hawkins. Tucker just wanted me to remind everyone that Mizzou won in basketball today, beat Alabama. I know that you're a fan of the Jayhawks and they had a tough day. So it's a great thing that the Chiefs won or a huge majority of the Kansas City community. <laughs> Nothing against Mizzou. Huge majority. That it would have been a bad, bad Saturday for much of Kansas City. Yeah, uh, at least the Chiefs pulled it out. And it, it, it doesn't really feel like the Chiefs won entirely. <laughs> I know. You're so angry. And we're going to bring on you know, somebody else right now who is pretty upset about the performance. And I'm the only one who's going to be happy because we talked about this at the end of the game. <laughs> joining us right now all i cared about was getting through this one winning the game because it doesn't matter if they end up losing at the four seed i'm going to be confident no matter who they play and step out on the field i don't care if it's an arrowhead i don't care if it's on the road i don't care what seed they are i don't care if they're the wild card when they step on the field i believe they're going to win because they're the best team in football but let's bring on maddie lane to get his thoughts break this one down what's up maddie 
Oh, uh, hey, BJ, I need you to send some of your confidence to me because what I just saw, I, I don't have a lot. I'm, I'm much more aligned with Kent on this one. All right, so Maddie, um, I want to talk about the tackling. It was rough. It, you know, it kind of, I mean, this, this definitely seemed like a week 18 game that the Chiefs didn't feel like they had much to play for because some of the tackling effort was just largely poor. Yeah, and I don't even want to go in on motivation or effort because I'm not going to pretend you know, to really understand what someone's level is going to be there. I'm not going to say someone's trying hard or not, but watch what the Chiefs have been trying to do when they've been tackling these last couple weeks. Is it just this week? Everybody's coming in high, and everybody's running past their mark, and they're just trying to grab and pull guys down. No one's really hitting. And I, when I say no one, it's that sounds all encompassing, and that's clearly not true. Look at Melvin Ingram when he, or yeah, when he flew in, made the big hit, forced the fumble. Some guys are hitting, but just generally speaking, these guys are coming in high. They're grabbing at shoulder pads. They're overrunning the ball carrier, and it's just resulting in tons and tons of broken tackles. It's happening to linebackers, defensive backs, everybody, and it's just it's affecting the team incredibly bad on defense. Like they need to get back out there. I know for practice, I'm sure they will be hammering this stuff all week, but. Get through some fundamentals. You're not targeting someone's shoulder pads and you're trying to tackle them. You're not trying to hit somebody up around their neck, and that's where everybody keeps going for the Chiefs' defense right now. I, hopefully it's just the end of the regular season. It's the end of the slog, and these guys are tired, wanting some more time. Man, the amount of time somebody just has fallen off Jamar Chase or Javante Williams the past two weeks is absolutely insane. Oh, oh go. I'm going to chalk it. these up to business decisions. Matt, <laughs> I'm not taking anything about what tackling happened today. I think you're going to see the, the scratch, the claw, and you know, like you played in the trench, like the different, like playing at 95% and playing at 100% is everything with defensive football and tackling. And so like, as soon as it happened, I was like, they're not going to snap at it. You don't just all of a sudden like conjure up that ability to go tackle and get after and scratch and claw. Like that's a mental state that they just weren't in. So just get through it. So I, I have full confidence, but you're totally going to remind me next week if we see the same thing. It's like you thought they were going to turn it around. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I will remind you. But uh, no, no. And I'm with you. I don't think that you can, when you come out in that first series and you're coming out and you're not being the more physical team and you're playing like that, you're not going to switch it off or you know change it during the game. It's just, for me, it's been going on for weeks now. Like last week's game mattered. You should have been up for last week's game and they were doing the same thing. That's why it kind of bothers me to see it again. Like in my mind, if you want to get out of this game as quick as possible and you want to not be injured and you want to feel better and get more rest in this game in the first half, don't come out there playing 85% and like expecting it to work. So you have to play 60 minutes. Well, Patrick Mahomes played 60 minutes today and he he played a complete 60 minutes. You see something you're concerned about on the defensive side of the football moving forward, but moving forward offensively. Oh my watching Patrick Mahomes locked in from jump street. I thought he had an outstanding performance uh, wire to wire, Maddie. He really did. And I don't think he got a ton of help early in the game. I think as the game got on, the Chiefs kind of started to dial in a lot of these little wide receiver, you know, slip screens and some of these running backs out in the flats and stuff like that. But early in the game, the Broncos had a really good beat on what the Chiefs were trying to do. They were playing really soft cover two, a lot of two man stuff, and they were picking up the Chiefs crossers. They were stopping that deep post route that the Chiefs were finding a lot of success success with these last few weeks and it seemed like the Chiefs had nothing going schematically and it was just Patrick Mahomes running around out there like it was 2019 again and he's just making everybody right as right as he can on any given play 
mean, the one drive he had, the one pass to Tyreek Hill through one of the smallest windows I've ever seen that Tyreek Hill couldn't quite bring in. The next play to McCole Hardman, where he somehow threw that ball at the angle he did that was just too far out of his reach. Like, he was dialed in this entire game, and I don't think he was put in an easy spot just from the offensive game planning, you know, the level of how much invested these guys were in and what the game planning kind of led it up to. How much do you think Tyreek Hill being out affected the play calling too? Because like that, I mean, like I think I think there was probably some early scrambling, trying to figure some things out. It seemed like the Chiefs leaned on some of the exact same near identical quick passing game stuff to McCole Hardman, very close, very similar. I don't know if that was necessarily a big piece of the game plan specifically to hit McCole up. Um, it hasn't been all year. I just wonder how much the early you know, injury to Tyreek Hill affected the play calling and Pat just carried this group through. I'm sure it mattered. I mean, you saw it when Tyreek Hill wasn't in there. You saw the Chiefs had to rely on Byron Pringle, and you could see that him and Patrick Mahomes were just on slightly different pages on a couple of those early throws. You saw them having to invest more, you know, specific plays for McCole Hardman, who had a great game, but you still saw when the Chiefs needed a first down on a third down, on a fourth down, they brought Tyreek Hill in to run that little speed out on the sprint out play. They didn't let McCole Hardman run that route. They brought in Tyreek Hill to do it, even though that's like about all he was playing. It took a while for Travis Kelsey to get going besides, you know, the little play action leak play in the red zone. So the Denver Broncos did a good job adjusting. I think losing Tyreek Hill right before the game played a role, but look at what Denver was doing. They were playing two, they were actively playing two deep safeties a ton. It's going to be kind of hard for Tyreek Hill to really get loose over the top. And just yeah. the rest of the routes did not look like it was designed to beat what the Broncos were doing in this game. Yeah, let's go to Tucker Franklin. Uh, you won't see him, but you can hear him. He's got some That's updates right. for us. Yeah, so there's been some fun stats come out of this. Uh, the Chiefs are the fifth team in NFL history to win 12 or more games in four straight seasons. Golly. And they've beaten the Broncos 13 consecutive times, obviously. Um, Patrick Mahomes also includes a 13-0 and on the road against AFC West wow. opponents. Um, that's an insane stat. And Travis Kelsey is one here, one of five tight ends in NFL history to catch 700 passes for 9,000 yards in his career. He's number five behind Shannon Sharp, Antonio Gates, Jason Witten, and Tony Gonzalez. Wow. wow. Travis Kelsey is the greatest tight end in NFL history. And we're going to keep coming up with these stats and we're going to keep adding Woo! superlatives and all these things. Everybody can get on the train now or they can wait till his career is over and we look back and start comparing it. It's the truth. All right, really quick, we do have an update from Andy Reid on uh, Tyreek Hill and Darrell Williams. This doesn't even really bring up Travis Kelsey, so maybe that was just him limping off the field late, but it looks like Tyreek Hill had a sore heel. Darrell Williams was dealing with a big toe that was bothering him. Uh, you don't love to see that. <laughs> you don't love to see that right before the game. Um, hopefully, you know, and I think you know Tyree Kill has dealt with some heel, in, heel injury in the past. Yeah. Um, and he's played through it, and he's you know he's I mean he's he's fought through it in the past. But those are the updates that looks like we have injury wise. Doesn't mention Travis Kelsey, which is obviously a very good thing, even though he's kind of limping off the field late. Yeah, I think. It, yeah, I think the thumbs up from Rick Brokley we talked about earlier um, to the sideline reporter uh, was a great sign. I could put him on the injury report. We'll see, but yeah, obviously great sign that it wasn't anything serious so they would have mentioned it um on that and i just saw a quote uh from uh drew locks that i never beat nick bolton in any sprints at missouri and i didn't beat him on that one either uh, it's about his 88 yard or 86 yard fumble recovery for a touchdown it's coming from james palmer the NFL network on his his tweet maddie uh it sounds like we got some good news relatively good news on the injury front there's still a few things there 
It wasn't as close to a worst-case scenario for the Chiefs in Week 18 as we anticipated. Uh, getting a relatively good news. We'll see what happens with Tyree Kill uh, and Daryl Williams. But um, it, it could have got worse, but it still wasn't. It wasn't great. It still wasn't a great Week 18 going into the into the playoffs. No, and that's when I kind of t- put in this year that I wanted to talk about this being close to the you know worst case scenario you can have during a win in week 18. I want to be very clear. The Chiefs won. That's great. Like they still have a chance at the one seed. So this entire point cannot matter here by 24 hours from now or whatever the Titans, you know, end up playing and losing to Davis Mills led Texans. But thing is, Tyreek Hill, you know, is injured or hurt. Let's go with hurt because he was able to come in and play. Like he was clear they felt comfortable letting him go out there for a few plays. So he's not at risk of re-injuring or re-aggravating this injury, making it worse, or they wouldn't let him go out there. Travis Kelsey's not on the injury report, so those things help. But if those guys are even slightly limited going forward, I mean, even slightly, we've seen it this year. When Travis Kelsey's not at 100%, that impacts this offense a ton. When Tyree Kill's not at 100%, that impacts this offense a ton. You add in Darrell Williams has a toe injury, so that was you know so severe at the time where they couldn't get him back on the field at any point in time. They're running the clock out with Jarek McKinnon, who's fresh coming back off of IR. That would really be something you'd expect. Darrell Williams, who has great ball control, who's really good at running the clock out to be out there. Like there was a lot of guys that got a little dinged up, not just full on injured, but a little dinged up in this game. That if you don't get a bye week. They're not getting much rest after having to play for 60 minutes to beat a team that was playing a bunch of backups on both sides of the ball. The Denver Broncos weren't at full strength, neither were the Chiefs, but you would expect the team fighting to be the one seed to maybe get through this a little cleaner, let some guys get some rest. Like, I don't love having to see them fight so hard versus backups in Week 18 to get ready to play a team in the playoffs one week from now. All right, let's go back to Tucker Franklin. Tucker's got more for us. Travis Kelsey's fine per Coach Reed. Coach Reed said... Dynamite drop in. That's exactly, <laughs> Good job, what, exactly what we needed to hear right now. So, Listen, yes, I just, yes, it is. Travis Kelsey is okay. He's, he's good. Per Tucker. That's so quick. Travis Kelsey's fine. Per, all right, bye. <laughs> That's huge, though. That matters. When Travis Kelsey was in, he was only on the injury report for a short time with a neck injury early in the season, but you could tell it was something that was clearly bothering him. He just wasn't moving the same as he had at the beginning of the year or in years past. You could tell he was getting healthier. If you limit that even a little bit, I mean, the Chiefs don't win the Chargers game. They're not as competitive in these other games. So you need 100% Travis Kelsey. If you would get a dinged-up Kelsey, dinged-up Hill out of this game, that would be really hard going into having to play the first round of the playoffs if that's the way it shakes out. All right, we'll talk to you on Monday on the KCS or KC Laboratory live show, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Why don't you guys tease a little bit? You guys have another podcast that you guys, have do- that you guys are doing each week uh, with a couple of other friends as well. Let's tease it now. Yeah, me and Maddie are going to be doing the KCSN draft show this year. We're really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to hear from some voices maybe you haven't heard on the KCSN channel so far. Got a lot to cover. Uh, we got a lot going on in draft season, really. And uh, I can, I'm can i telling you, that if, if I wanted to talk draft with one person in Kansas City, I don't think there's anybody better than the guy in that box over there, Maddie Lane. You're not going to talk to him in Kansas City. You're going to talk to him in Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> in about three weeks, we're going to christen Tucker Franklin and his first trip to Las Vegas. We'll be out there for the East-West Shrine Bowl to get some interviews and do all kinds of fun content. What What is wrong, Tucker? The word christen. Um, I did not <laughs> love that word choice, but I guess I'll go with it. <laughs> How excited am I from 1 to 10 are you to going to Vegas for the first time in your life? Probably 10. 
Especially since we're gonna road trip out there, that's gonna be so much. Fun. <laughs> oh yeah, I was gonna ask about your road trip. Like that—that's a long drive. I mean, how you feel you about much that? Equipment. Stuff? I cannot take five cases by myself and fly to Vegas. So just like you know what, we're driving. And he's got to so have I'm someone carry it, and that's like, where oh, I come. Yeah. So driving to Vegas. We got a lot of golf clubs we got to take out there, and we have more on that later this week. Won't <laughs> give that stuff away, but hey, have a new partner. We may Stop go it. golfing in Vegas while we're out there Stop covering it. some draft stuff. But why don't you just stick? <laughs> to the script. Oh, I like when it goes off the rails. It's more fun this way. <laughs> this is going great. Like, yeah, we're good. This is going great. No, you guys, we have a lot of cool draft stuff. Kent, Maddie uh, are going to lead it. We've got a lot of. It's not just the podcast. We're going to have video series, sit downs with players, um, some highlights. We got a lot of cool stuff. I'm literally working through all of that right now. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be really cool. Maddie, we appreciate everything. I cannot wait to see your face in Las Vegas. <laughs> in a couple of weeks but yeah you can catch maddie and kent on the casey live casey lab at 6 30 monday night uh and tucker's got more for us before we go to tucker maddie thank you sir thank you guys enjoy all right tucker what else you got for us uh matt mcmullen tweeted uh about coach reed was talking about nick bolton's touchdown he said that was a game changer i was hoping that he wouldn't stumble those guys don't get a chance to run that far that that fast very often <laughs> but he looked like a stallion i was Ooh. happy for him <laughs> I love coach just using the word stallion is going to give his praise for Nick Bolton so much more engagement simply because that's a word it's stallion. he knows what he's doing <laughs> coach Reed knows what he's doing love it that's awesome that was a fun we, play we probably haven't talked about that play enough to be quite honest that was a game-changing play um from from team dreads I don't know yeah no you you can never tell if it's Nick Bolton or Melvin Ingram because they have both they both have a the four the two and the five look the same and the Thanks. fourth, the other number, like they look the same. And, uh, you know, both of them connecting uh, for that big game-changing play. The Chiefs needed one of those. They really didn't have something that kind of game-changing throughout the entirety of the game. You know, nothing as impactful as that. I mean, like even the offense, like when they were having success, it was boring. I mean, they opened it with a 17-play, 91-yard drive that was just kind of like, you know, okay, cool, we're here. Uh, Travis Kelsey didn't even celebrate that. Nick Bolton, yeah. Melvin Ingram, massive game-changing play. Chiefs can be no worse than the two seed. Let's go, Davis Mills. <laughs> yeah, let's let's go, Texans. And like I said, we'll have another podcast tomorrow night to break down whatever uh, the scenario ends up being for the Chiefs and, and where they're going to be, who they're going to be playing, and if they're going to be playing. Uh, see what we get uh, oh, out of please. the <laughs> Texans in this one. The Texans helped us out earlier in the year. Let's go not Texans. against them doing it. We see Derrick Henry is not going to be activated yeah. for that game. So that's, that's not nothing. I mean, it's not nothing. And hopefully, hopefully they pull this out. Like I'm not putting anything like the Texans have been a little bit feistier than the second half of the year. And by the way, the Titans lost to the Texans once this year already. It can yeah. happen. The Titans lost by nine to the Texans earlier this year. It's in, it's in Houston. They're playing better inspired football. Who knows? I'm we're invoking Davis Mills here. <laughs> Come on. David Cooley magic. We can't do that. I was gonna say we do a live second. Uh no. no not I'm out. That. Sorry. I'm gonna use the Sunday. Uh spend time with the family. There you but go. <laughs> I will say that if the fighting Davis Mills is and the fighting David Coley's do pull off that win, I feel like I am authorized to be confident and say the Chiefs do get a bye. The first playoff game the Chiefs do play, we are going to be able to invite fans and friends to come and hang out with us at the Kingdom Bar because we talked about it on the halftime show. They have been quite literally building the bar in front of us while we're doing this show. They are right now trying to get the bar ready 
It may be open for a private party, a soft opening next week. We will have and communicate that with everybody, but they are trying to get this open for the playoffs so people can come and hang out. And that is the goal. We will communicate that with you, but definitely by the divisional round, you guys come hang out with us. We're going to give away all kinds of stuff. It is going to be a lot of fun, but we appreciate everybody for listening to this post-game show. Final thoughts, Kent, before we wrap this one up. Hey, regular season in the rearview mirror. And uh, yeah, everything the Chiefs have been hoping to get to right in front of them. It could be three wins away from a Super Bowl. It could be two wins away from the Super Bowl. Regardless, as long as, they're, as long as Patrick Mahomes is playing, anything's possible. You have the best player in the world heading into the playoffs. The Chiefs are going to be the favorite. They are going to be the best talent, most talented football team every time they take the field. The 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 experience they have in the playoffs, all those things will start to matter. Um, I think we saw in some ways, we saw a little bit of that tonight. I don't want to make too much out of one play being the difference to snap them out of all the stuff that we talked about. But big win for the Chiefs, obviously. Still put them in a position that if the Texans can step up and make a difference, that they will be right back into where we wanted them to be uh, before the refs help snatch uh, that opportunity out of their hands. But it just becomes part of that story of all the things that they overcame to win. But we appreciate everybody for tuning in. And again, if you were listening, please subscribe, follow, send us a rating, a review. Let us know what you think. We will continue to build this. We have a lot of really cool things happening at KC Sports Network. I know it seems like we're saying that a lot. That's because this thing is building and going crazy. And that happens because you guys are supporting what we're doing. And we are having a hell of a fun time doing all of this. So we appreciate uh, you allowing us to be able to do this. So thank you for tuning into this show. We will be back with another show tomorrow night. Won't be live, but we will have that podcast for you. And then again, the lab guys will be live at 6.30 Monday night to break down everything, give you all the storylines going into that playoff game and what you guys should be watching for. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. For BJ Kissel, for Kent Swanson, for Matt and Craig, and Tucker Franklin, and everybody here at the Kingdom Bar trying to get it ready in Overland Park, thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.